the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into our third hour. It is a delight to bring back to the show Congressman David Schweikert. He represents Arizona's 1st Congressional District, and uh, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy several weeks. David, uh, thank you. I know you're on the run, but I wanted to get you on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and I apologize to everyone that's listening. I'm in an airport as we're getting ready to board in a couple minutes. No problem. No problem. I want to talk to you about a couple things. You sent me an interesting uh, think piece. I think it came out of Bloomberg about the debt deal and, and, and making. Yeah, ever, that's not interesting. That's terrifying. There's a difference. Okay, <laughs> so, you're always so, good at correcting me. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I, I know I just stepped on you, but um, and don't tell anyone I sent that to you because that's from the Bloomberg terminal. Okay. So we don't want anyone to know we no, have. No one will know. One. Okay. Um, Bloom, Bloomberg um, Intelligence. Um, they're two of their lead economists. So these are are big players because they have incredible access to data friday night put out an analysis of where they think the united states is going debt wise and their model you know their internal model said hey with the economic slowdown that's coming with the interest rate going up on u.s sovereign debt and with health care costs exploding that sort of mix um they modeled us hitting a hundred and thirty percent of debt to GDP in the ten-year window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, if, if if that doesn't almost make you shake, you don't understand the scale of that. Yeah. Um, with the new debt deal that was just done, we were able to roll debt to GDP from CBO down to one sixteen, one hundred seventeen percent, which is still horrific. But but we shaved off. You know, three, four points. Um, and Bloomberg's coming back and saying, yeah, but with the new higher interest rates on financing all this debt and the inflation in healthcare costs, because the um, a, a debt deal that was just done and the, the cuts are only in the 11% of non defense discretionary. So that's $700 billion. We just cut it back to $600 billion. So, so we shaved off $100 billion every year for the country to. Uh, next decade that yeah um, go ahead but 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 if you can only touch 11 percent of the spending and all your spending growth 100 percent of your spending growth is interest or health care costs um if we truly hit a let, let's say bloomberg and um intelligence is right okay and in nine and a half years ten years we're at 130 percent debt to gdp yeah that's a 51 trillion dollar deficit that means a couple trillion a year just in interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one of their conclusions, as I read it, David, is that the challenges require, their words, require a reform of mandatory spending, Social Security, Medicare, higher ta- or higher taxes or a combination of the two. 
And yep. in watching some old debates, uh, you know, Pat Robertson just passed. I was watching some old debates when he was running for president. You know, these these arguments about reforming uh, Medicare and Social Security, they go back a long time. I was reminded of some of this. How, how will we do it, David? How are we going to be um, able to take a look at these things? A, until you get a public that understands in nine years you're getting a 25% cut in your Social Security check because we're not doing anything. Yeah. And right now, the Democrats have figured out that making it toxic to even talk, even tell the truth about how bad these numbers are. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to get attack ads from my Democrat opponents this next election. He talked about Social Security. Yeah. He talked about your Medicare. Yeah. I'm just trying to save the program. Yeah. And you can't save them if you can't talk about the math, if right. you can't start to dive into it, if you're not willing to have a very bipartisan adult conversation um it's almost like they purposely want them to go into collapse because every time we hit a huge stressor you know for these people who want to burn government down fine but understand every time we get up against that government gets bigger not smaller right right do you think we can create the appetite and the political environment where we can get our hands around this finally and do something about it? I mean, as I said, right, for decades and decades and decades, the Democrats have beat us up on what some people call entitlement reform, and we usually don't win those debates. Well, well, no, we don't because math is hard. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I've been on your show many times. We've talked about health care costs. Um, what are some of the biggest things you and I could do on yeah. healthcare immediately right. and see benefits within the next two year, two three years? Right. Obesity, right. diabetes, right. Um, uh, pharmaceutical adherence. Yeah. We know those. If you if you made some progress on pre diabetic populations, it would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Um, when diabetes is thirty three percent of all healthcare spending. And almost all of that's type two. Yep. Um, we're dying. We're yep. dying as a society. Yep. We're doing it to ourselves. And it is politically really dangerous to tell the truth here. But screw it. I, I, I'm tired of working around wimps that, you know, we, we throw temper tantrums. We throw how tough we are. We're going to cut this. As long as we don't talk about defense and we don't talk <laughs> about entitlement. Right. And, and that, in that case, they're not being tough. It, that's just theater. That, that, that's, that's a... It's a moment for your hit on Fox tonight. Yeah, no, that's right. There's a lot of posturing about talking tough, and no one really wants to talk tough. There's a few of you that do it. But what? They, don't want, yeah. they don't want to talk about the uncomfortable drivers of debt. Well, that's right. We got It's demographics. We got old. Yes, and interestingly, we got old, but these problems, particularly when you talk about the ones with regard to diabetes and obesity, mm-hmm. we could throw in we – could, we could and probably should throw in – uh, dr- drug use as well. I mean, it's the interesting yep. thing is we're we're watching longevity decline at the same time. I mean, it's 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 two fires hitting the same tree. But hey, remember, um, uh, my economist for everyone listening, I, I'm the senior Republican, functionally um, the co-chair of the Joint Economic Committee. Right. So I have five PhD economists that work for me, <laughs> and one of our and they're all very smart. A um, couple of them don't actually bathe, but you know they're, they're, they're economists. That's the way they are. Um, I don't know if that joke works because it has the misfortune of being true. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things we we broke into the data of why are prime age males failing at such remarkably high numbers? Three and a half million of them we think are missing from the labor force that should be there. And it's drugs is way up there, but it was obesity 
was the number one problem, and then drugs, then suicide. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Then car accidents. Car accidents and then uh, suicide. Car, yeah. Then suicide. Right. right. Um, then, and by the uh, way, drugs are close to forty percent of suicides and car accidents too. Don't yeah, forget yeah, that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's there's the hard part. Is there's a lot of noise in that data. Yeah. Um, because a lot of it overlays. But the obesity. What shocked us is no one had been willing to say, well, this population has these cardiovascular problems, right. and you know, and people want to say, explain this, explain that, and then you say, but the person had a BMI off the chart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're starting to be able to finally break down. And then you start to realize how much of that population may have been on nutrition support yep. or on, in our state, access. Yep. Um, what happens when, in many ways, we're enabling or even financing? Oh, or promoting. I was going to say, yeah, promoting. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we are promoting it into the, in, in, in such a sense, David, that it's not just a political problem. It's really a political cultural problem. I mean, in, 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 in so many ways through advertisements. I mean, we, we have a lot to take on to get our hands around that one, the obesity issue. And, yeah. And that's why I feel like I've kicked a hornet's nest. So I'll, 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 ki- I'll go into it with you. I'm all in on this. And, uh, you know, I think we'd get a lot of doctors to go in on this as well. It's a hornet's nest that needs to be cleaned out. It really is. And, and um, look, it's just saving our society. That's all it is. That's all it is. I know you got to fly, brother, and I appreciate you uh, getting us on the run. That was such a eye-opening piece. Um, real quickly, uh, would Kevin McCarthy, in light of this, have been able to even made it a little bit better or not really? I, did we get as much as we could, even though it's, it's leaving everyone unhappy? Yeah, there's, there's a chance we might have gotten more, but you got to understand you're playing a real danger game. Yeah. Because you push and push and push, and it only takes five of the squishy Republicans to walk over, sign the discharge petition, and you get nothing. So if you've ever done lots of complex transactions or closed a big real estate deal, you push and push and push, but you know the next push, the deal may walk away from you. And um, I think all in all, we played it as smart as you could. Good. the real battle wasn't the debt ceiling fight. The real battle is the appropriations bills that are starting right now and coming back behind it. Yeah. That's where you fill in the caps and line items and the restrictions. And and that's just harder to explain. But that's where the, the, the knife fight really is going. David, thank you, sir. Safe flight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Be good. Thank you for having me. You Bye betcha, now. always. I am Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Boy, with all that economic news, you know, there's other problems, too, particularly if you're looking to be an investor with bank failures and stock market volatility. People are talking about the recession that is to come, um, inflation, which is not transitory. Why Refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal. If you need your money back at any time, there are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Why refi is based here locally and they, as well as I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale road in the one one I've been there and no one's going to ask you to sign anything. You're not going to get a sales pitch. They just like talking about what it is that they do. They leave the selling up to 
me. When you meet with the team at YReFi, you'll see why I trust and like them so much, and you can too. YReFi is a due diligence-proof firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. David, I don't know, man. In in your um, in your age cohort, which is a little bit younger than than David Schweikert's or mine, you know the 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 uh, conversations about entitlement reform, which seems to be the kind of thing that Mike Pence is really landing on, have been used to you know scare voting populations uh, in the fifty and sixty plus crowd, and. Obviously, you can't speak for your entire age cohort, and I know you guys hate it when I do this. But nonetheless, is there an increased interest in, let's say, the under-30 crowd, the under-35 crowd to have a conversation about this? Or is it an issue that just doesn't resonate so much, issues of deficits and debt and the economic burden that we're carrying? I think what you come up with with a lot of people my age is a great sense of disillusionment yeah. and people that don't even think that you know Social Security will be around in 30-plus years, yeah. much less uh, governmental programs yeah. like Medicare. Yeah. You know? so, so the idea that we may have to engage in some serious reform or discussion about serious reform in it res- would, would likely resonate more easily with the younger age cohort. Definitely, although I don't think many younger people not would readily that. take that from somebody who has an R behind their name. <laughs> yeah, we do have that problem, too. We have a problem of appealing to the youth, too. It's, um, it's, it's, it's one of the many problems we have. Look, um, what David was talking about with regard to things we can get our hands around without having to engage in public policy action, at least at a federal legislative level, um, would make a big difference. You know, I'm a big preventionist. Prevention works. And one of those uncomfortable conversations we're going to have to have is about obesity. You know, there is this whole, taking it out of the political realm for a moment, this whole cultural debate about uh, plus size and oversized modeling. Uh, Should models uh, be descriptive? or aspirational. Uh, We shouldn't criticize the works of like or the looks of like Lizzo and that kind of thing. But the truth is we can be healthy or unhealthy. Um, We can be honest or dishonest. And the honest thing to say is um, you live an unhealthy lifestyle. You're going to get sick and you might die and it's going to cost not just you and your family because of the way we have structured medical care in in this country. And, yeah, people are going to feel like they've been kicking hornets' nests, but prevention works every time it's tried. It's just we seem to be terrified of engaging in it on a few issues, obesity being one of them. Yes, sir. Certainly, much less uh, a monetary cost, but let's not th- let's think about the uh, the physical, Absolutely. emotional, and mental cost Absolutely. of being overweight. I am of the uh, understanding that the body is a temple, sure. and that we you know, we house the spirit of God in us, and so I am really of the belief that we must maintain that temple. Yeah, the, the the pendulum has swung a little bit. You know, there was a period. I see Mark back there. Mark, you can nod or or shake your head if you don't remember, but I remember. Um, in the 90s, we had the far other side where we had this weird 
I don't know if it was exactly gothic or grungy what, but we had this odd modeling where, where people were looking like heroin addicts. They were so thin and almost emaciated. Um, why can't we just have an ideal? We know what healthy looks like. We know what healthy looks like, and we should be aspirational. I mean, that's the point of the word modeling. It is aspirational. And I'm not saying the whole issue is tied up in modeling, but when we are consigning ourselves to accepting and promoting and really fooling ourselves and kind of lying to ourselves too, knowingly lying to ourselves, saying, well, that's okay, that's okay, or be like that, we're hurting, our, we're hurting ourselves. The lies are hurting ourselves. Let us aspire to our greatest aspirations and not our deepest valleys. Yes. Who's, who are you quoting with that? That's a slight variation of Reagan, yes. Really? Oh, I mean, you, you've heard that one before, that if history will say anything about my candidacy, it will say that I appeal to the greatest ambitions of man. I like that. Deepest, darkest fears. Yes. N- nice work. You, you were you, When you do the uh, aspirations and valleys, I was thinking for a moment you were talking about Nixon's farewell speech. August 9th, 1974. No, <laughs> I know so that good. one. Yeah, so I good. Can, we can pull that one out, too, if we need not to. Unless, yeah, yeah. Not until you've walked through the low – not until you've – Walk through the lowest of valleys. Can you understand the uh, joy of the highest peak? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, thank you for that, David. Uh, and then there is the drug thing. So when David Schweikert talks about the issues and causes of death and the reduction of of, of long of longevity longevity and age in this country that are premature from things like also suicide, things like car accidents. You know what? That's drugs too. Upwards of 45 percent of fatal car accidents, upwards of probably that sa- about that same number with suicides are uh, involved drugs as well, dangerous drugs as well. You get rid of this drug issue, you get rid of a lot of problems, a lot of these problems, and they're costing us a lot of problems. You want to get you – want, you want to improve academic achievement. You want to reduce dropouts. You want to reduce violent crime. You want to reduce a lot of these social ills. Uh, you want to be working on the prevention issue having to do with drugs as well. And I didn't even begin to say chronic homelessness. Think about these numbers, folks. Just think about the numbers on any one of those. Talk to your favorite or local county attorney or district attorney and ask them what percentage of violent criminals uh, are drug users or on drugs in, in the commission of their crime. Not crimes to get drugs, but when they commit a violent crime, what percent test positive for drugs? Of those we test, you're going to hear these DAs and county attorneys tell you numbers like 80 percent. You look at the chronic homeless population, um, and whether it's mental illness or drugs or a combination of both, you're talking about 90 percent. Right there, you tackle that problem. And you're on your way to tackling homelessness and violent crime. But those are things we don't talk about enough either here and people don't want to talk about. Yesterday, Jim Ryan and I uh, had an important conversation on air about a project with a very important organization doing very important work that addresses sometimes the result of some of these uh, social social disasters uh, with the Phoenix Dream Center. And we wanted a reprise some of that with you in our next segment and appreciate uh, you allowing us to do so and uh, we'll be right back thank you well welcome back to the seth leapson show i am seth and it is a special privilege to uh introduce the interview uh of two folks uh in the studio with me today that i'm about to 
Many of you know uh, my general manager, Jim Ryan. He is um, in studio with us because of a special effort we are doing with another very special person and a very special project for a very special nonprofit in town. Stephanie Lang is with us. She is uh, the development manager at the Phoenix Dream Center. You have heard us talking a little bit about it. And um, Stephanie, as a first-time guest, tell the audience, as I do with every first-time guest, a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to be doing what you're doing. Then I'm going to have Jim talk about how uh, we are working uh, with you on uh, what the Phoenix Dream Center is all about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So I have a background in social work, and so I got my MSW back in 2019, and I always just had such a big heart for nonprofit organizations. And I was working on my own, and then I found the Phoenix Dream Center, who really focused on human trafficking survivors and addiction recovery. And that was just my whole heart. And I just started volunteering, and then a job opened up, and I applied, and a week later I was hired on. And so I've been there for about a year and a half now, and it truly is just my dream job. I find so much joy stepping in there every single day. So it really is an honor and a blessing just to represent them and be able to call that place my work. (laughs) Well, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to work with you. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the kinds of work that that is. But Jim, how did the Phoenix Dream Center come to your radar screen and tell us a little bit about the project we're doing with them? Well, thanks, Seth, for having me on. I don't come down and 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 barge in on your show often as much as, barge. As, as much as I know you'd like to since you talk about the suits upstairs quite often. We have the suits in the house. But yes. but, but I, I, I came in on this one because this is dear to my heart and it, it's um I'm gonna ask your listeners to listen through this. It's sometimes an unpleasant topic to talk about, but it needs to be discussed and you've heard us talk about it before. This campaign is imperative that we get the results we need because the people at the Dream Center, Stephanie being one of them, are angels from heaven in the work they do. And I'm going to give you a few stats here real quick. You've heard some of it in the in the promos that I've run on the radio station, but some of you haven't. You know, the average age a child is first trafficked is 13 years old. One out of 100 individuals trafficked is rescued. Only one out of 100 is rescued. Uh, the average lifespan is uh, is seven years, seven years, uh, likely because the rescue rate is so small that they end up not surviving it. Um, there's more than 365,000 missing children in our country each year. 30% of those are missing because they're being trafficked. Um, these are staggering statistics. And when you think about Arizona being a hub of it, it makes you sick that this is in our backyard and we're a leader in it. And so when I went down and visited the Dream Center and Stephanie gave me a tour, I've done it for the last three years, and and I always go back. I want a new tour. I want to see what's new there, what's developing. And I think the listeners would find it interesting how, Stephanie, you guys took an old hotel riddled with prostitutes and, and, and drug dealing, and you turned it into a refuge of hope and safety and healing. Tell us a little bit about that in the origins of the Dream Center. Yeah, so we started off just like many other Dream Centers. You know, currently there's roughly 300 Dream Centers across the U.S. and internationally. And how each Dream Center is founded is by really just adopting that community. And so for us, we adopted 27th Avenue. And so it's right around the corner from Dream Center. And uh, much like any outreaches, it just quickly grew to where we knew the need was so great. We had to have a building. There needed to be additional resources. And so luckily we did find a hotel and we were able to put a bid 
in. And we had a lot of support from multiple different churches and individual donors um, to where we were able to purchase the building. And now we're able to house, you know, we house roughly two to 300 residents every single day where we're able to provide Do that number again? How much? Two to 300 individuals. And so that's between our human trafficking recovery program, our addiction recovery program, um, and then also staff who live on campus, um, alumni, graduates. And so we now have that that restorative place to be able to house all of them. You know, each of the rooms turn into little apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have food on campus. We have a medical center. We have we have a future child care center. We're actually in the works of working with a contractor this week. And so we have a dental clinic. We have an eye clinic. We have education centers, donation closets, all these things that we're able to then provide them with their basic needs that they need. So, Well, this was a short segment. We'll have a longer one on the other side of this commercial break. I, I, I would love to be able to communicate to the audience, you know, as Stephanie is speaking about this obviously horrific uh, problem that we're trying to deal with. Um, she has a smile on her face when she's describing the kind of work she does. Um, it's 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 communicated uh, visually and uh, factually and physically. We'll talk a little bit more about it and about uh, our relationship with your organization, the Phoenix Dream Center. Stephanie Lang is my guest, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth Liebson, and I am joined by Jim Ryan, my general manager, our general manager here at 960, uh, the Patriot, and Stephanie Lang, who's the development manager at the Phoenix Dream Center. More information about everything the Dream Center does and our relationship with them at 960thepatriot.com. Stephanie, if I might, for an audience that's just trying to wrap their heads around what it is that we're talking about here, they hear a lot of different phrases in this realm, trafficking, human tra- trafficking, slavery, sex slavery, child slavery, child prostitution. What is trafficking? What is it that the Dream Center undertakes to tackle? Yeah, so the general definition of human trafficking is force, fraud, coercion. So if you can memorize any words, it's that, force, fraud, coercion. A lot of people get it mixed up with smuggling. Mm -hmm. And so I like to say smuggling is when you go from point A to point B. And once you have that relationship, once you get to point B, it's done. They walk away. They go their separate lives. When it's human trafficking, they may get to point B and they say, okay, have a great life. And they say, no, you owe me twenty more thousand dollars And they say, no, I paid you everything I have. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, well, I'll set you up with this job. Mm -hmm. I will put you in a house. I will feed you. And so they're like, okay, like I have to pay off this debt. But then while they're staying there, they say, well, I paid for all your food. I pay your rent. So now they have this debt that just keeps increasing and increasing, and they have no way out. And so even when you think about an individual who may be in the life of prostitution, you know, we see it when we drive down the street and we see this young girl and our minds immediately say, she's just a prostitute. But you have no idea that this one girl, she could have started out where when she was a young girl, she was abused. She was sexually abused, taken advantage of. And when something is taken from us, our immediate desire is to take that back. And so she may have entered into the sex world to 
regain that. Um, but then along the way, a trafficker came along. She may have entered it not a, not with her own choice at yeah, all. Absolutely, you know? and it, yeah, it could have been a lot of people her say, will. "Well, you can't tell them. What, someone's telling them what to do." Yeah, yeah, and so they get taken advantage of. They get manipulated, and then it's no longer a choice anymore. Right. And so then they get stuck in this life. Um, and so what the Dream Center does is then sees them where they're at, and then helps them bring that restoration. It's indentured servitude and slavery is what it is. Absolutely. It's what our Thirteenth Amendment prohibits. Modern day slavery. And so when people say it's not happening anymore, it 100 percent. And it's happening in all 50 states as well. And walk us through the example that you were telling me where the, they'll they'll um, set up a protection element to it. Yeah. So a trafficker could say, you know, you need protection out here. It's it's scary out on these streets. And the girl may be on her own and say, I've been doing this for how long? I don't need any protection. But then that night she gets jumped. That night she gets attacked. So then the trafficker comes the next day and he says, see, I told you, you needed protection. And so in her head, she's like, oh, my gosh, maybe I do. Like maybe the streets are getting more dangerous. And so they may agree on a set amount, 30 percent, 40 percent. But then it increases and increases and increases to where now she's getting none of her money. Mm-hmm. And now she's being completely controlled by this individual. And that, that's a good segue into, and what I really want the listeners to understand here is that this is so much more than physical and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. The psychological abuse that these Absolutely. these victims go through is so extraordinary and so immense that that's kind of what led you guys to start the Hope Haven Wing, Absolutely. which is what our campaign is raising money for. We're trying to raise $50,000 to f- help finish the Hope Haven Wing um, we're about halfway there. If, if and, and Seth, your listeners are so generous. When we when we do campaigns like this, they typically always step up. It, we we need another twenty five thousand dollars. If twenty five of our listeners right now w- went to nine six of the patriot dot com and donated a thousand dollars, boom, we'd be there and we'd hit our goal of fifty thousand. Tell us um, how you came about to to start the Hope Haven Wing and the mental health part of this at at the Dream Center. Yeah, so let's take that same girl who was in the life of prostitution and then a trafficker came along and took advantage of the situation. So she comes to the Dream Center, and in her mind, she chose that life. And so she also chose all the abuse. She chose all the victimization that this trafficker put on her. And so in her brain, she doesn't look at herself as a victim. She looks at herself as I decided to be in this life. And so we get to help her walk through a 90-day process of just helping her decompress, one, all the abuse that she's been through, um, but then helping her recognize that you were taken advantage of. This is not your fault, that this individual... just really wanted to control her. And so, but also when they come, you know, they deal with a lot of mental health issues, suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, all these things, but they get to go into Hope Haven for these 90 days and really just heal. After those 90 days, they get to kind of, um, their mind is more centered and then they enter into our Hope Wing where they go to classes every day, they can get their education, but Hope Haven is really just that setback to where they can just breathe again. They don't have to worry about um, looking over their shoulder. A lot of them also have night terrors and these these visions of putting them back in that trauma. And so we get to help them in that. And like, so like that additional care. So they always have a staff member with them 24 hours a day. Um, they also go with them to all doctor's appointments. It's just additional care to help them with that support system. That Much deeper and thorough care. Absolutely. 
yeah. and it's and it's and, and it's a place where they live. I mean, this uh-huh. is not yep. a this so is not a day program. Yeah, yeah, right. it's at the Dream Center. It's right on a, just a separate wing of mm-hmm. part of our general human trafficking recovery program. And, and I, I, you know, Seth, in being down there, I've met some of these victims. I've seen the rooms. Stephanie t- gave us a tour of the place. This is why I say this is truly the work of angels. What they're doing now; these are broken people, and they're repairing them all the way through the process. Yeah. So much so that when they get out of the ninety-day, you know, stabilization period in the new Hope Haven wing, then they go into the Hope Wing, which is the traditional part of Dream Center. They get the healing there, and then you get them and, and put them on their feet to get into the mm-hmm. to, to a job and a working environment. Tell us a little bit about Dream Goods which is a, a different program you have for those that are really apprehensive and have anxiety about taking that step to just get a job at a Walmart or get back in the real world. Yeah, so we have a resident who she was just really apprehensive about getting a job outside of campus um, because she just wasn't ready, and that's okay. And so we do have a warehouse right around the corner from the Dream Center, and it's actually a different program that we have at the Dream Center. It's a working program, and it's a warehouse, and we build partnerships with other nonprofits, other businesses. Um, but so she decided that because she wasn't ready to get a job at, like you said, Walmart or whatever, um, she applied for a job there, and now she gets a ride to job the job with the other team members and she goes there and she's learning skills like customer service you know she's reaching out to businesses um, she's working in the warehouse and she's feeling more confident more um, just aware of the environment around her to where soon she can feel more confident and say you know what I think I'm ready I think I am ready to go somewhere else but right now she does have this opportunity and also she's building this community this camaraderie with her co-workers um, and then she gets to come back to the dream center of that safety you know, she gets a ride there. She gets a ride back. And so it's it's still in that bubble a little bit. Um, but she's also learning all these skill sets that she can put on her resume. Stephanie, what's the age range you serve? 18 to like up. So adults. And but we do would, serve children. And what, oh, and if they, so some of these, I assume, are mothers with children. And mm-hmm. you, you have yep, the some of our survivors have. Yeah. You want to do one more uh, quick segment when we come back? And sure. Put a, yeah, that'd be great. We're going yeah. to a quick commercial break. Stephanie Lang has been my guest from the Phoenix Dream Center to help uh, in our partnership with them, uh, learn more about them, and support this uh, cause and the uh, new uh, Hope Haven at the Dream Center. Go to 960thepatriot.com. Jim and Stephanie and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jim, it's such a great partnership you've developed with the Phoenix Dream Center, and Stephanie's just amazing. Uh, the amount of services, the number of services and success stories they have is great. It's great to be able to help them. It's great that um, you are inviting our audience to help us help them. Um, tell us a little bit about what people can do with our business benefactor program. Tell us a little bit about the match, and uh, tell us a little bit, too, about how people can do what you did, which is actually see it with their own two eyes and visit them. Yeah, so thanks, Seth. I'm glad you brought up the match because I hadn't mentioned that uh, in the interview yet. And a generous donor had stepped up recently. Um, You may have heard me talk about this on the other spots on the air and has agreed to match all donations up to $20,000. So essentially, they're willing to donate $20,000 if our listeners can step in and and donate, they'll match up to that point. So earlier when I was saying we're about halfway to goal, uh, we need to raise another 25000 I was saying 25 listeners could step up and donate $1,000. Well, we really only need half that amount to donate $1,000 because that match will kick in. Um, so it, it's an amazing, an amazing, generous gift from one of our listeners. 
Um, on the benefactor program too, right? Yeah, and on the business benefactor program, you know, if you're in a position where you own a business and can make a larger donation, uh, I'll step up and, and give you back the donation, the equal amount in advertising on any of our radio stations. So if you donate five thousand dollars, I'll give you five thousand dollars back in advertising on the radio stations. You can use it on the Christian radio stations or on nine sixty the Patriot. We produce the commercial for you for free, so there's nothing out of pocket there. And you can use the commercials anytime between now and the end of the year. Um, so hopefully we'll have some listeners that can step up and make some bigger donations. And you got to see the Dream Center yourself if people want to see it. It's obviously a very secure facility to keep everyone obviously safe. But uh, if people want to visit it, uh, you had your eyes opened with, with when you went. They can reach out to you to do that as well, right? Yeah. If, for the business benefactor or to, to reach out and schedule a tour, call me at 602-955-9600. That's 602-955-9600. And the tour really does open your eyes. I've done it every year because for the last three years because i want to see what's new and what they're developing on that's how i learned about the hope haven wing um but uh they they do tours regularly on tuesdays but stephanie's been kind enough to say that if our listeners want to reach out to me and i can put together a tour she'll do a tour for us on any day so uh i highly recommend coming down there seeing firsthand for yourself uh the amazing work that these as i say they're angels from heaven the the, the folks over at the feeding stream center tremendous work well, you have done, and our listening audience has done a great, uh, a great deed by helping the Phoenix Dream Center out. Phoenix Dream Center is doing great things for our community. I mean, in the short period of time, they have saved thousands and thousands of human beings, human souls. I can't think of anything better. Again, folks, you want to give a hand here to help them, help our community, and help these souls. Uh, you can reach Jim. Phone number again is 602-955-9600. And all those individual donations are doubled right now with the match. So just go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the Human Trafficking Phoenix Dream Center banner. Thank you, audience. God bless you all. Thanks, David. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Leibson, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.